Good morning, church. Today, as I preach to you from 1 Peter, the world is still going through the pandemic of COVID-19. Not just with COVID-19, but there's a lot of turmoil going on within the United States. We've had a lot of protests going on. There's been a lot of turmoil and, and fighting among people. A lot of different arguments over the election that's coming up in November. There's a lot of stress that people are going through. There are many people unemployed. People are tired of staying at home. And many churches are not allowed to meet. And so for Christians, it is a very difficult time. It is a time when the world is looking at us and asking, what does it mean to be a Christian? How is it different for us as Christians as we go through these problems? Well, the sermon topic that I want to speak on today comes from 1 Peter. And it has to do with this important question of how do we live as Christians during these difficult times? Now, the sermon is titled, Living for God, Christian Living in a Non-Christian World. And the key point that I want to make here is that we need to know who we are in Christ so that we can know how to live in this society. And so you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn with me into 1 Peter chapter 1. And while you are turning to that passage, let me give you some background regarding this important book of the Bible. The Apostle Peter wrote to the Christians uh, in what is now modern-day Turkey. And these were mainly Gentile Christians. These were Christians that were being persecuted by both the Romans and they were also being persecuted by Jews. And so they were having a very difficult time. And so the Apostle Peter wanted to encourage them and to remind them of who they were in Christ. And so let's take a look at 1 Peter chapter 1. The Apostle Peter writes, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with His blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. The first point that I want to make today, who we are in Christ. We are God's elect. You see, as Christians, God has chosen us. We have been elected by Him to be His children. Chosen before the beginning of the world with the foreknowledge that we are God's children. We are God's elect. And Peter wanted to make sure that, that we as Christians, that these Christians, these Gentile Christians, remembered who they were, that they were chosen, that they were elect. And there's another word that Peter says here. He writes, To God's elect, exiles, he caught them exiles, 
And that's a word I really want to focus on this morning. Why did Peter call them exiled? They were exiled in the spiritual sense that they were not of this world. Uh, in the old 1978 NIV version, the Bible used the word strangers. Strangers in a foreign land. But nowadays, the word stranger may mean something different. You know, we, we tell our children to watch out for strangers. But the, the meaning of the text here is a stranger is more of an exile. People that were not of this world. People that didn't belong. They didn't belong. And Paul wanted, excuse me, Peter wanted to remind these Christians that they did not belong into this world. That they were different. The key part is that God has placed us in this world. He did not take us out of this world. But we are not of this world. Who are we as Christians? We are God's elect. But we are also exiles in this world. Let's take a look at John 17, 15 right here. Jesus said that we as Christians are different, that we do not belong in this world. He writes in John 17, 15, My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. As you sent me in the world, I have sent them in the world. The main point here is that as Christians, we need to remember that we are not of this world. That our values, the way that our attitudes are, the way that we live, is not going to match with what the world expects. We are different. And because we are different, we will be persecuted, we will be ridiculed, we will be different. But that's not something that gives us despair. Instead, that's something for us to expect. Because as Christians, we will be treated differently. That doesn't mean we're less important or that God has forgiven or forgotten about us. Instead, it is a reminder that we are different in this world, that we are exiles. I want to quote to you today from Dr. Scott McKnight, who's a a great New Testament scholar of First Peter. This is a quote from uh, Dr. McKnight. He says here that Christians who take a stand for truth and who believe that God's word provides a unitary perspective for all disciplines will find the university road rocky and uphill the whole way. They will more often than not find themselves socially, morally, and intellectually excluded. You see, what Dr. McKnight is, is talking about here is that he's saying that, for example, if Christians go to college in, in, in secular colleges nowadays, they will be treated differently. That what they believe in will be different than what the world believes in, and they will be excluded and treated differently. The reality is that as Christians, we have this fine balance of how to live. We are not of this world, but we still live in this world. And, and there are two extremes that we cannot follow. 
one extreme was the was the extreme that the essence the the people that lived um, in the Kumwan area they were believers of God that wanted to run away from the world and so they would live in the desert away from everybody and as Christians we cannot hide ourselves away from non-Christians the other extreme is that they conform completely into the world and live sinful lives that's not what something that we should be doing as well you see as Christians we need to be in the world to influence the world for Christ at the same time we cannot conform to the world we need to lift this fine balance we need to be a positive influence in the world and yet we should not be corrupted in this world as Dr. McKnight further gives this example here, he says that Christian students who take a stand against casual sexual relations will find even less acceptance just as Peter's churches did. Such students will find less social acceptance and so will become marginalized. The reality is that as Christians living in this world, if we stand up for the truth, if we talk about living a life of purity, of not pursuing sinful desires, we will be ridiculed. We will be marginalized. But we need to expect this. And we need to stand up for the truth. In this next slide here, I want to show you the key difference in attitude of Christians and non-believers. You see, as Christians, Jesus is our Lord. We follow Jesus Christ and He is the ultimate authority of our lives. He is our Lord. And we follow what the Bible teaches because the Bible is the authority in our lives of how to live the Christian life. But for non-believers, Jesus is not their Lord. And the Bible to them is just a book. And so they're not going to follow what the Bible says. But as Christians, we need to take a stand for the truth. We need to remember that we are not of this world, but we need to make a difference, a positive difference in this world. Let's continue with First Peter. The fact is, we are in Christ, we are God's elect. And what we have as Christians, we have the living hope of Jesus Christ. Which brings me to our second point today. In verse 3, the Apostle Peter continues, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You see, the fact is, no matter how difficult life gets, no matter uh, what problems the world may be going through, whether it's COVID-19 or, or some other uh, crisis, the reality is that we have this living hope that as Christians, we do not despair. We do not give up because we have Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear that in God's great mercy, He has given us this new birth, that He has forgiven us, that he's given us another chance that because Jesus rose from the dead and atoned for our sins, we have this living hope 
in Jesus Christ. So when the world looks at us and, and, and despairs, we as Christians need to show them that we do not despair, that we have hope, and that that hope is in Jesus Christ. You see, hope is very important. Let me give you this one illustration. In 1981, there was a businessman. His name was Eugene Lang. And he was in New York, in Harlem. And he went to speak at a school. And the principal told him that most of these children would never ever go to college. And because of that, they didn't have any hope that many of them would drop out of school, many of them would join gangs and commit crimes because they did not believe that they had a positive future. And so what Mr. Lang did was he went to these children and he promised them. He said to them, if you finish school, you know, these sixth graders, if you stay in school for six more years and you go through middle school and you go through high school, and you graduate, he promised them that he would pay for their college tuition. He promised them that. And these children in Harlem, these sixth graders, they heard about this hope that they have, that if they finish high school, that they would have a college education. And what happened was six years later, 90% of these children finished high school. And the reason why so many of them were able to do that is because they had hope. They were told that there was a future for them, that it wasn't going to be a bleak future, but that Mr. Lang would pay for their college education. I mean, I love this story because it shows about the importance that that hope has for people when people believe that there's a positive future coming for them, that they will continue to persevere. And the Bible is very clear that as Christians, we have this living hope that no matter how bad life gets, that we do not despair, that we do not give up, that we have this living hope in Christ. You see, as Christians, God promised us in verse 4. Let's take a look. In verse 4, the Bible says that we have this living inheritance that can never perish, that will never spoil, that will never fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. The Bible says here that we have this living inheritance, this inheritance that's kept in heaven for us. And by our faith in Christ, that we will have this inheritance. I mean, that is the great news. The good news of the gospel is that we have Jesus Christ. That, that we do not, that our lives do not end at death. But instead we have this inheritance in heaven. And that we have this fellowship with God. One of the neat things that I found out in, in researching for this sermon is that in modern times, when we talk about an inheritance, it, it happens when someone um, 
older than us, for example, our parents, they pass away and they give us their inheritance. That's how things work in current modern times. However, during biblical times, the inheritance was actually there for the, for the heir while the father was still alive. That's why, for example, in the prodigal son story, uh, the son can go to the father and say, give me my share of the inheritance. Because that inheritance was something that was already shared by the son. And we as Christians, when Peter wrote this passage, he's talking about how this inheritance that we have as Christians doesn't happen when we die. It is with us now as Christians. That God's favor, God's love is with us. That we have this living hope. In other words, let's take a look at this chart I have here. The difference as Christians is that for all people, whether we are Christians or non-believers, we are sinners and we need forgiveness. However, here's the difference. As Christians, we are forgiven by Christ. We have this living hope in Christ. And because of that, we have atonement for our sins and we have this connection, this fellowship with Jesus Christ. And so because of that, we do not despair that we have this hope and we have this future in Jesus Christ. And so let's go to our final point. How do we live as Christians then in this non-Christian world? As a summary, first point, who are we in Christ? We are God's elect exiles in this world. Who do we have in Christ? What do we have? We have the living hope of Jesus Christ. And how to live in Christ, we need to live with faith. Every single day, how do we live our lives? We live by having faith in Jesus Christ. In verse 6, the Bible says, In all this you greatly rejoice. So now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. You see, as Christians, no matter what struggles we may be going through, no matter how bad COVID-19 can become, no matter how our struggles or persecutions or attacks that we may have as Christians, no matter what happens in our lives, we need to keep faith. In Jesus Christ. No matter what trials or sufferings that we may be going through. Peter wanted to remind these Gentile Christians. That whatever persecutions they were receiving from the Romans or from the Jews. Even from their own family members. The persecutions that they were facing. Was small in comparison to the great reward that they would get. As Christians, the lesson for us as Christians is that we need to still have faith that no matter what problems we may be going through in life, and I know for some of you, you may be going through many different problems or turmoil, the reality, the hope is that we will maintain our faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 7, the Bible says, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, 
of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. The reality is that whatever trials and suffering that we may be going through in this world, these are just tests for our faith. That no matter how bad our lives get, it doesn't mean that we are abandoned by God. Quite the contrary. Whatever struggles we may be facing, it is a reminder that our faith is in Jesus Christ. The example that First Peter gives here uh, is a great example of gold. For example, during the time of Peter, when they had to remove all the impurities that were mixed in with gold, what they would do is they would take a chunk of gold and all the impurities and they would put it in fire. And the fire would separate gold from all the other impurities. And, and gold would, would rise up to the top and, 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 and they would skim it off all the impurities and what remains would be pure gold. And the example that Peter is giving us here is that when we go through struggles, when we are persecuted, when we go through problems, the reality is through our faith in Jesus Christ, our faith will be stronger. That our dependence upon God will be pure. And that we will be reminded that we need God, that we are His children, and that we need to follow Him and have faith. Let's take a look at this last chart I have here. The key difference among Christians and non-Christians is that as Christians, when we go through our struggles, it is a reminder that I need God, that I need Him, that I need forgiveness. For someone that's not a believer, they don't believe that they need God. They don't believe that they need God, they need forgiveness. But the reality is that as Christians, we need God. We cannot live life on our own. We cannot face temptations without the power of the Holy Spirit. We're not going to be able to resist temptation unless God is with us. And so the reality is that as Christians, we need to have faith in Christ. That we need to live our lives, not for ourselves, but we need to live our lives for God. And so, brothers and sisters, have faith. We have a purpose in life. And that purpose is not to live for ourselves. It is to live our lives for God in humility, thanking God that He has given us forgiveness and that we have salvation. In summary, these are our three points today. Who we are in Christ, we are God's elect exiles in this world what we have in Christ we have living hope and how do we live in Christ we live in Christ by faith knowing that God is with us that no matter how bad our struggles may be right now the fact is we will have a better tomorrow that Jesus is always going to be with us and that we have this living hope let me close with this final illustration. We are reminded that we live our lives not in this world, 
but we believe in Christ and we will be able to face our struggles, not because we are any better than other people, but we are able to face our struggles because we are not alone, that Jesus is with us and he gives us the strength to live every day through our faith in him. I want to give you this illustration. There was a time in 165 AD that a terrible plague struck Rome. It was not very different than how the world is living now with COVID-19. And the Romans at that time, most of them did not believe in an afterlife. They did not believe that there was anything beyond life. And so they had this tremendous fear of death because death was the end. And so during this terrible plague that that hit uh, the Romans in 165, the people were panicking so much. There was a famous Roman doctor named Galen and, and people were turning to him for help. And he was so scared of the plague that he just ran away. He was so afraid that he ran away from all the patients. But here was what happened. The early church Christians had a very different attitude towards this plague. Instead of running away, they actually took the time to care for their own sick and also care for their neighbors, strangers that they didn't even know. And they were able to have self-sacrifice and care for others. And when they were questioned about why they did not fear death, they turned around and they said, we don't want to die. We don't want to die any less than anyone else, but we know that death is not the end. We know that there is life after death because of Jesus Christ. And so because of this knowledge of knowing that they had this great inheritance, this living hope in Jesus Christ, they were able to face death with hope and with confidence. And that belief brought many people to Christ because it was a witness to this world of what it meant to have purpose and to have faith in a living God. My hope for all of us today that during COVID-19, that during whatever struggles or problems that you may be going through, that you do not despair, that you still have faith in Jesus Christ because He is our living hope. How do we live as Christians in this non-Christian world? We live as a shining example of people who have faith in Jesus Christ because we have this living hope. Let us bow our heads as we pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. And we know the world is going through so many problems that for many there's despair, that there's this great terrible fear of death. And so Father, we come before you today. We do not look forward to dying, but we do know, Lord, that death is not the end. And so we pray that you help us to live our lives. Help us to live by faith. Help us to be a witness in this world of what it means to have joy, 
to have living hope in Jesus Christ. And we pray that every single day that you help us not to be a part of this world where we live with sinful behaviors or sinful temptations. At the same time, help us not to be separated from this world where we hide away. Instead, help us, Lord, to walk this fine path. Help us to be an example to others. Help us not to succumb to temptation, but to live a life that's pleasing to you. Father, help us to remember that we have forgiveness through Jesus Christ, and in Him we have this living hope that we have this purpose of following you. We thank you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Thank you for worshiping with us today.